Hello and welcome to this program on entrepreneurship development. I'm Benga Ajayi. Entrepreneurship is powerful and those of us who are working to develop it in the society must know how to release its full force for the good of everyone. In this program, we will explore how to unleash the tremendous power of entrepreneurship so that our societies can be transformed. You're welcome once again. Let's get into the program. Part 1. How to release the power of entrepreneurship. Right now in Nigeria and most other parts of Africa, billions of dollars is spent on entrepreneurship development. Tertiary institutions, government programs, not-for-profit organizations, and international aid organizations all spend huge amounts of money and also invest thousands of hours on the development of entrepreneurship. And this has been going on for years. The huge investment is for a purpose. So much attention is paid to entrepreneurship development because it is seen as an antidote. It is believed that entrepreneurship is a solution to the immense levels of poverty and unemployment that is now ravaging Africa. The poverty situation is so bad that if poverty was a biological disease, it would be called a pandemic and a state of emergency would have been declared. Every day all over the continent, billions wake up in slums and deplorable conditions. They either have no work to do at all or have no meaningful work to do. They have no food to eat but live on the crumbs they can scrape together. Their health is feeble as they are at the mercy of various debilitating diseases. Tragically, their vision is dim and their hope is all but lost. All concerned stakeholders unanimously believe they agree that if entrepreneurship thrives, then the problem of underdevelopment as seen in poverty and unemployment and other social problems will be solved. So, entrepreneurship is seen as a solution to all of these problems. And they are right. Entrepreneurship is society's change agent. It has the power to totally transform society. It unleashes people's creative capacity and their wealth-building potential. The remarkable ability of entrepreneurship to lift society is almost impossible to exaggerate. And that's why so much has been invested in entrepreneurship development. For example, in 2006, the federal government of Nigeria mandated all Nigerian higher educational institutions to include entrepreneurship education in their curricula. This was to take effect from the 2007-2008 academic session. Additionally, the National Universities Commission created a unit to oversee entrepreneurship training in Nigerian universities. Since then, billions have been spent and thousands of hours invested in entrepreneurship training in Nigerian higher educational institutions. But what's the result? Despite the huge investment of time and money in entrepreneurship development in Nigeria and the rest of Africa, the results are not encouraging. Before the pandemic in 2020, about 450 million Africans, which is about 34% of the population, lived below the poverty line. That means they live on less than 1.90 US dollars per day. Right now, in January 2023, Africa has the largest numbers of people living in extreme poverty. Specifically, out of the poorest 28 countries in the world, 23 are African countries. In essence, for large numbers of Africans, their everyday reality is multidimensional poverty. This dismal situation calls for urgent action. Stakeholders at all levels of the society must act to stop and reverse this miserable condition. Something must be done urgently. It must be done right now because the higher levels of poverty is itself creating other social problems for society. Right now, young people who want to make money go for two popular options. The two are internet fraud and transactional sex, commercial sex. Young boys are stealing money from others online while young girls are having sex with strangers for money. And more are joining them by the day. They are enticed to join as they see their friends and colleagues live well on the money from these illicit sources. 
And worse still, society is getting comfortable with these vices. Now some parents proudly live on the money their children get through these disreputable means. Traders make friends with these youth as they are their ideal customers. Now, it's clear that we need to do something different from what has been done before. New steps have to be taken. But even though this insight is necessary, it is not sufficient. While it's good for us to realize we must take new action, it isn't enough for us just to know that. We must also know what exactly to do. The important question then is what should we do? What should we do to promote entrepreneurship? What should we do to get proportionate results from our investments in entrepreneurship development? What should we do to make entrepreneurship a thriving part of our societies? If entrepreneurship is not working like it should, then we must change our approach to developing it. Surely, we would need to do something different about how we develop entrepreneurship in order to get different results from our efforts. We must start thinking differently about entrepreneurship and we must start thinking differently about entrepreneurship development. Whenever present reality is not satisfactory, then the old insight is inadequate. When we don't like our present realities, then the old knowledge on which we built these realities must be altered. New realities are built on new knowledge. If knowledge is a tree and present conditions are the fruit, then if we want new fruit, we must plant new trees. If we want new conditions, we must acquire new knowledge. So what do we have to do in order to get new knowledge? Two important things immediately present themselves. First, we must find new answers to old questions. Secondly, we must ask new questions for fresh insight. Let me repeat that and please do listen to it very carefully. We must find new answers to old questions and we must ask new questions for fresh insight. Think about that for a moment. We must carefully probe our old answers to realize their limitations. The old answers that we had have brought us to this point. They were radical and innovative when they were new. But now we need to carefully re-examine them. We have to probe their limits and uncover their boundaries. We may uncover new answers and we may not. But we will definitely deepen our understanding of reality. When we have this new depth of understanding, then we can move to the second step of asking new questions. Now consider this. Imagine you are a postgraduate student and you sit in the same class with undergraduates. At the end of the class, you will ask different questions from the undergraduates. In fact, your questions will be incomprehensible to many of them. Yet you were taught by the same professor in the same class. Your depth of knowledge will enable you to ask questions which are obscure to amateurs and juniors. And that's why when we have new knowledge, we are able to ask new questions. What's all this got to do with entrepreneurship and its development? A lot. We need to reconsider what we think we know and also ask new questions about entrepreneurship. We need to think again about society, about social transformation and about entrepreneurship development itself. For example, we can ask how to better organize society so that entrepreneurship can thrive. We can ask how we can make entrepreneurship applicable to everyone irrespective of their choice of vocation. We may also ask how best to create an entrepreneurial society. One important insight which we must consider about all of these things is that our approach to entrepreneurship development must be comprehensive. There are three crucial factors that determine what we do. These are the individual, the social, and the structural. The individual factor deals with personal knowledge and ability. For you to do something successfully, you must be informed, willing, and able. You must know what to do, you must want to do it, and you must know how to do it. 
Without knowledge, willingness and ability, you would not be able to take the necessary and effective action. As regards entrepreneurship, people must know what entrepreneurship really is, they must be willing to be entrepreneurs and they must learn the core entrepreneurial behaviors. The social factor is the power of the group on all of us. We all live within groups and these groups exert tremendous pressure both to constrain us and to empower us. We call this peer pressure. The group we belong to and identify with encourage us to do some things and discourage us to do some other things. There are very few people, if there are any at all, who can withstand sustained social pressure. We take on the attitudes and characteristics of the group we identify with. The group within which people live must value and support entrepreneurial behavior. We need to create entrepreneurial societies and groups that value, support and reward entrepreneurial action. Within such groups, people will find it easy to exhibit entrepreneurial behavior. Then we have structure. This is the place of the environment and its influence on human behavior. Many times, the choices we make and the behaviors we exhibit depend on where we are. The idea is that the things around us and the arrangement influence us to behave in particular ways. We must pay attention to where we train people and place cues everywhere in society to encourage entrepreneurial behavior. Also, public policies, laws and regulations must support entrepreneurship. The physical and legal structures of society must support people to act on their ideas. Most entrepreneurship development efforts focus on just one of these. As we know right now, that cannot work. Empowering people without giving them social and structural support will not work. That's similar to a good seed sown in a field of thorns. When we neglect social support, people feel frustrated and out of place as there are no significant others to support their entrepreneurial actions. Likewise, without places, laws and things that support entrepreneurship, people will struggle to act and groups will be hard to form. In effect, when we develop entrepreneurship by controlling the individual, social and structural factors, we are going to have a higher level of success than we are currently having. This program focuses on the individual. It discusses how we can empower the individual with knowledge and ability. Now, starting from part two, we will start discussing the knowledge and training requirements of high growth entrepreneurship. I am Binga Ajayi. Thank you for listening. <music>